0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Your program is your ticket. Curtain up, theater people, and welcome to Your Program is Your Ticket, ticket. coming to you from the Hell's Kitchen area of Midtown Manhattan, right in the middle of Broadway. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your Program is Your Ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your Program is Your Ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of My Husband and My Play at the Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Tonight's guests are Allison Threadgold, who's the powerhouse founder and producer of Stripped Scripps, an outstanding theater production company located here in New York City, and esteemed director Tana Sirwa. They're here to talk with me about Stripped Scripps' upcoming production of Kieran Berry's Tomorrow in the Battle, which is directed by Tana and stars Allison, who also produces. That's a couple of big hats there. Before I bring on this amazingly talented team, I'd like to shine a little light on an aspect of production, auditions, in particular an actor's participation. Now, this last weekend, I flew out to Chicago to attend auditions for my new upcoming musical, We the People, co-written with my writing partner, composer Leo Schwartz, who writes lyrics and music. Now, we held auditions on Saturday and Sunday. 33 actors were on the schedule. Of those 33 scheduled, we had 14 no-shows. Isn't that crazy? Like, just didn't show, didn't call, no email, nothing. Of those that showed, two didn't bring their previously provided materials, the music segments and the audition monologue which are often called sides. If you're, if you're a theater lover and you're listening, when, when you hand an actor at an audition uh, a scene to read, it's called a side. So they didn't bring their sides and they didn't bring their music. They walked in and asked for them. Okay, now one person claimed that they didn't receive the link to the materials, even though the email they were communicating on contained the link. This person was invited to come in with a song from their book. The book, again, for people who are, you know, just theater lovers, that's like a a book full of audition-ready songs that you can sing. So, anyways, we asked people to bring their book. Um, They didn't, uh, she was invited to come in with a song from her book. Uh, She showed up and heard the other performers doing well in the room as she was waiting outside and left. And I think that that's just, I don't know, I don't, I think that's really unprofessional. Okay, this is obviously not the best impression, and that's a first impression most of the time by the way. Now, I'm not going to harp too much on the lack of professionalism on the part of these performers, but rather clue in actors listening to the show as to how this can work to their advantage. Now, if you approach your audition with the utmost professionalism, you will by default be in the top 5 to 10 percent of consideration, just by lack of initiative on the part of other auditioners who aren't as uh, pulled together as you. Now, here's here are Sean's tips for your audition. Now, When now, again, I don't do auditions a lot. I'm a writer, so I, but I do do them every once in a while, and people do ask my opinion. When booking the audition, make sure you have all the necessary materials. If not, communicate in advance with the booking representative. Don't feel embarrassed if you didn't, if you didn't get them, if you can't open the link, ask. Just ask and we'll be happy to make sure that you get them. Show up, just show up, show up, show up, show up, on time, even early. Um, bring your audition materials with you. Now, be rehearsed and prepared. There was one performer who actually didn't bring their audition materials, and uh, that's because this performer knew everything by heart. There was no needing to to um, to have the sides or the music because she knew it all, and it was it was wonderful. She did have her book, so she can give it to the piano player. So make sure you do that if you're going to take that deck. Now, I'm not one of those people who says go in in and own the room, keep the power and all of those, you know, mental audition techniques. If you want to do that, okay, that's fine. I am far more impressed by your preparedness and your professionalism. I've seen people who were nervous and turned out an excellent audition and were cast, so just FYI. Now, remember, if you get a note or you're asked to redo a certain segment with a different tact, Um, it means we're interested. It doesn't mean you're, you're doing bad. It just means we want to see more. Smile, say sure, absolutely, and do your best to make the change in your performance. That's really important because a couple times our director gave notes and the person or persons redid the segment exactly the same way. If you're unsure, ask us and we'll tell you. I'm not sure about what you're looking for and we'll definitely tell you. Now, if you do all of this, you'll be making a great impression on the creative team, at least in my opinion. And even if you don't get cast but you're professional, we'll remember your overall audition. Now, here are some positive notes uh, of actors that were not cast. Um, not the right range, but what great energy. Uh, I'd like to see that performer for a straight play because we were uh, auditioning a musical. I have a show coming up that they'll be perfect for. So. That's, those are some of the things that we said about people that weren't cast. I mean, casting is just contingent upon so many different things. It's on, on, it's on whether or not your voice fits the, uh, fits the piece, uh, your acting style fits the piece. There are so many things that, that come into play. Now, as someone on the other side of the audition, these are the things I noticed. So, I just thought I'd give you my perspective. Now, enough lecture from Sean. Uh, to bring on our guests, folks, please welcome Stripped Scripts founder, producer, and actor Allison Threadgold and director Tana Chawal. Hi, ladies, and welcome to your program. Is your ticket? Hi,
1: hello. Thanks for having us on.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for coming out here on this warm New York day. Probably the last in a few, huh? Oh, I hope. Yeah, not. yeah. <laughs> you hope not. I'm like hoping, hoping so because I just I love the cold. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit? about yourselves and your creative theater passion. Allison, we'll start with you.
1: Okay. Uh, So I think theater for me uh, really became a passion because it was a touchstone for me. I moved around a lot to different countries growing up as a child, and theater was something that was a through line for all of it when everything else was changing. Um, We would go to Shakespeare marathon weekends at about 10 years old and
0: this is with your family? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now do you have a family that works in, in the theater business?
1: Not at all. They uh, don't they love the theater uh-huh. uh, as much as they would have liked for me to do something else than be an actor. They love uh-huh. going to the theater and right. they're supportive but uh, but they are all very right brain people. so
0: are they? Yeah. Oh wow.. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can definitely identify and, and I think um, yeah I think you're on the right brain. I you're on the right right brain yes. if I'm not mistaken <laughs> um, we're pointing to our brains here yeah. um, I, I, I can identify I mean I have a, a family that they, they're very very supportive but they aren't necessarily as you know into theater they'll go see the biggies and uh, you know, but but they will come to shows and things like that, yeah. and you know, share share things on on Facebook. Um, so that's terrific. And you have started your own theater production company, which is Stripped Scripts. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Uh, so stri- Stripped Scripts actually started in Santa Barbara, California, uh, and has recently moved to New York. And it started as a reading, um, a cold reading series, mm-hmm. which it still is. And actually, tomorrow in the battle is our first fully staged production. Hopefully one of many to come.
0: I hope so. <laughs> now I have here from your website, uh strip scripts creates a unique environment for collaboration between actors and writers telling stories in front of an intimate audience, which is terrific. That's what our show is all about here. Uh, strives to identify and cult- cultivate exceptional work, hoping to explore unexpected approaches to both new and previously produced works, as well as new spaces for presenting theater. And this is one of the things that I really love. Um, Stripped Scripts Readings hosts unrehearsed readings stripped away of elaborate sets, stage directions, and costuming in order to focus on the actor's choices and the words of the text. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Okay. Yeah, so this is our mission, and I think it's something that um, Tana and I actually really fell into commonality in in when we met and why we're enjoying working together so much.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Sure.
1: Uh, And, yeah, the idea is just to really focus on what is it that the that the writer has written and how can that take a new tack that maybe even the writer didn't um, expect when you do these castings the way we do where we just cast based on type from the actors in the audience at each reading for the next month's reading and it brings it to life in a new way and people have to be really on the ball and listening because they don't know what to expect from the person playing their husband or wife maybe it might be different than they imagined it sure reading the script uh and then we get to do it in amazing spaces we have this amazing opportunity through some of Tana's connections to use this gallery space in Long Island City to do these readings which allows us to have them be free readings and open to anybody to come anybody to submit writing to and just keep it a community spirit instead of any pressure for performance because people have paid to come see us and they have great expectations. So makes it fun.
0: <laughs> That's terrific. Um, as, as a writer myself, uh, I rely really heavily on ratings because, you know, the writer is typically, you know, I don't know about your writers that you've worked with, but it's typically me in the bedroom staring at the computer and imagining everything. So it really helps to hear all of that out loud. And the spontaneity of that is... Is um, is incredible because you do hear things that you don't necessarily that you wouldn't necessarily have thought of when you were writing the scene. So that's that's exceptional. Now, Tana, it's your turn. Tell us all about your creative theater passion and
2: oh boy, and what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started out as a child actor.
0: Yay! Um,
2: in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and I was very involved in the theater community there. And I started directing when I was seventeen. Um, and shortly after, I moved to Liverpool, England to go to university at the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts. I'm so jealous. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I bad. <bet>. yeah. <laughs> it was a very, very cool experience. Totally, um, yeah. And, I, I mean, similar to you, I feel like I moved around quite a bit. I was, you know, sort of had my base established in Portsmouth and then moved to Liverpool. And just when things got rolling there, I moved to London. And, you know, things sort of started to develop there. My visa expired and I found myself in New York City. Um And so it's been a wild ride, but throughout that, I've always been acting and producing and directing. I started my theater company, Dirt Contained Theater Company, in 2010, and we just did uh, Garden of Delights by Fernando Arabal last month. So we're still working together and producing theater, which is very cool. Um, But right now, I feel like we've really stumbled onto this sweet spot where we've found this community of people and this venue that we've been working in where we all wear so many different hats and we're really just into the collaborative process of, you know, making exciting work. Um, This group of like-minded people who are very talented over uh, many different disciplines. So I feel like we've finally landed in, you know, the most exciting spot I've been in so far. Um, And I'm super excited to be working with Allison and have the opportunity to direct this beautiful play.
0: Now, Now, isn't it funny how there is a complete alchemy between all the talents. And when it comes together, it's just, it's, it's what we work for.
2: Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And it's easy. Right. You know, it's like suddenly you're not fighting against all these obstacles. I mean, of course, there are challenges, but um, having that team and that support system is so important and rare. And I think we all just feel very lucky at this moment in time.
0: <laughs> wow, that's very, very cool. Now, you are listed as part of a team with uh, stripped scripts as producer and director. Talk about that.
2: So I met Allison. Can I tell this, this whole long story? So I met, <laughs> I met We Allison. love long <laughs> stories on the show. Go for it. <laughs> I was directing a short play called The Elvis Knopsers uh-huh. um, as part of the Midtown International Theater Festival. And I held, you know, those awful uh, mass auditions where, you know, a third of the people show up in the Champion Studios or something like that. Right. Um, and we had a, a lot of great actors come but they were all too young for the roles we were casting Um, and two of the actors two of the females that auditioned, were particularly fantastic so I sent them an email afterwards just letting them know what I loved about their performance and you know um, telling them I want to work with them in the future but why they weren't particularly right for this role and Allison had emailed me back um, saying that she had a really good time in the audition and then thanking me for the email but then also attaching a script that she wanted me to look at Smart.
0: Very smart.
2: (laughs) So I sat on the train and I had no time to read the script and I opened it up and I just read the entire thing on the end train. Like, I couldn't stop reading it and I felt like emotionally full and, and crushed at the same time afterward. I was just very, very moved by this piece by Kieran Barry called Tomorrow in the Battle. Cool. Um, so we started dialogue and she had already started strip scripts back in on the west coast um, and she was looking for a venue in which to launch that and i work as the performing arts director at long island city artists who are currently working um there that built a 12,000 square foot warehouse space owned by plaxall a plastics manufacturing company in long island city um, and they have donated it to like a Right now, so we have twelve thousand square foot of gallery space where we have people, are the artists coming in, musicians, dancers, poets, um, actors, directors, physical theater companies, everything um, rehearsing there for free um, uh, to help foster the art in the community and to help move these projects along for people that need
0: it how generous
2: it's so cool tell us the, the name of, <laughs> tell us the name of the
0: company one more time so we can put it out there that they support the arts
2: yeah it's long island city artist is the organization i work for and right. the company donating the space is plaxol a plastics manufacturing company in long island city love it it's amazing. Wow.
0: Um,
2: so the long story short, Allison and I started working together. We launched Strip Scripts um, East Coast at the Plaxall Gallery, and that's been our home. It was actually, I think, it was the first theatrical event that we had in that space. I mean, we were in there when people were painting the walls and you know installing light fixtures so we could have have light. So from the very beginning, we've sort of been working with this group of artists. Um, And it's really provided a very cool environment for us to push ourselves and take risks that you can't take if you're paying for a rehearsal space and you're confined to a three hour minimum and you can only sure. be there at a certain point during the day and you have to book far in advance you know yeah um, and
0: and you have to book a like a small room
2: exactly and,
0: and, and, and improvise and just say okay now normally you take five steps that way but in this case <laughs> right. you're just going to take one small step oh, right right over.
1: and then oh, compete wait. with somebody doing their operatic Ro- warm-up and oh, oh
0: god out. always yeah.
2: they're
1: always or like a drum circle really <laughs> yeah. oh, every
2: time
0: <laughs> I actually I go to a, a writers group every two weeks and we rent out a room at Ripley Greer mm-hmm. up on 72nd and every time I'm hearing somebody like singing opera it's either that or the <laughs> song that Dawn has in Waitress have you seen Waitress <laughs> oh, okay well one of the characters her name is Dawn She's an adorable character she sings this song I think it's called When He Sees Me I'm not kidding you we must hear that song at least ten <laughs> times a year, but anyway, so you know. If you're aud one more element to the auditioners out there, that's been oversight. <laughs> Don't do you know it. Right exactly. And bring
1: your writers group to strip scripts. Yeah. You always need new plays. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Well, definitely. You know, I love that about you. I've always been told always be connecting. Mm-hmm. All the time. That's the smartest way to get yourself known. Mm-hmm. Just be connecting. So I'll definitely keep that in mind. Now, is it, is it just the two of you ladies who no, run No, there's a
1: third woman um, who helps us out, Alexandra Kuas. Okay. Um, and she and I met, actually, in an acting class, um, Karen Kohlhaas's monologues class. Uh, and we discovered we were not only taking that class simultaneously, but also taking Josh Pice's committed impulse at the same time. But didn't recognize each other outside of our yoga gear um, and we formed a fast friendship and we meet every week to go over our acting goals and she is another backbone part of getting strip scripts up and helping us sort through scripts and spreading the word and all that good stuff
0: that is so cool let's talk a little bit about tomorrow in the battle
1: So this is actually a play that I have been in love with since I premiered a reading of it in Los Angeles in 2010, Uh a little while ago, Uh, and I actually played the other woman than the woman I play in this production, Uh and I fell in love with the piece then and have become friends with the playwright and have done many projects with him while living in California, and he always said I was allowed to produce this play if I wanted to, and I honestly have been waiting seven years to find the right director for it. And then Tana came along. (laughs) Aw. Aw.
0: Now, so you brought this, you brought the goal of producing this play from Santa Barbara to New York with you?
1: Uh, Sort of, yeah. So I started in L.A. and I did the play in L.A. I ended up in Santa Barbara um, for my husband's work and then just all this time had it in the back of my mind this is a play that one day I will do a okay. full stage production of.
0: Okay, I'm, <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to get the geography right. So, you were acting in the show in L.A., and then you started Strip Scripts in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. so you brought it from L.A. to Santa Barbara to New York. Yes. And that's, that's, <laughs> That's very, very cool. It it sounds like an incredible play. Can you give me a little synopsis on it?
1: Yes. So, um, actually, I have to credit my husband with this tagline. Uh, We were struggling with a tagline for it. Uh, But it is the story about the consequences we face when the lies we tell ourselves become the reality of the lives we lead. It's a good one. Oh, that's...
0: that's, I love (laughs) it. That's amazing. Wow, Uh, that is so cool.
1: Basically, we follow three of London's elite as their lives unravel and interconnect all at once.
0: (laughs) So Uh, is it, is it like, kind of like, uh, all right, so does it all take place over the same period of time?
1: It does. It's, I, I like to tell people in an easy way to reference it is if anyone's seen the TV show, The Affair, the way that they retell the same story from different viewpoints uh-huh. it has that vibe um, okay. where you're hearing three different people's takes on parts of their lives that that intersect i don't want to say too much but um <laughs> oh
0: yeah no, you don't want <laughs> yeah. to read, you know, we don't uh, want to do spoilers but um
1: but yeah so it's got that sort of take where you're, you realize these stories overlap and as you get more of each person's perspective you realize the depth to which they overlap
0: wow so Fair. that's it, great so it sounds like it it it's, It plays with the space-time continuum a little bit. It does. And I love that. <laughs> now, how are you treating that as a director, Tana?
2: Um, I feel like I should go back and talk about how we first started working on this play, which was... Um, we wanted to put together a showing to invite industry to. That Uh was probably just a reading of the play because the language is so beautiful. Uh So this is how it all started. And the actors we chose to cast, actually, to bring this full circle were two actors that auditioned for that short play that I also met Allison when she auditioned for. So we ended up casting. This whole project basically came out of this one short play I was directing a year and a half ago, which is all very weird. Um, Anyway, so in the... In the workshop production, we really, really stripped it down and focused on the language and the telling of the story. Some of, I mean, it's almost, it's lyrical, the writing. It's just so beautiful, and there's this cutting honesty. You know, you're sitting there still. I know this play word for word, and still I hear you guys do these scenes, and, and, and there are lines of the text that just, like, Cut me so deep. It feels so honest, something I've never been able to put into words, but everybody knows that feeling, you know? Um, Excellent. And so I think, in a way, that really helped us because we came at this not from um, a point of spectacle or like really setting it in a certain era or, or trying to make sure it related to a certain political context or anything like that, but we came, we approached it just from the text and the relationships of these three actors and sort of let it open up from there into a fully staged production. Um, so it has a very has a lot of heart uh, we did a lot of work on improvisation and we did we worked a lot with um getting you guys to open up physically through warm-ups and everything like that i'm um, using this huge space we've had to rehearse in mm-hmm. um and now i think we we have a really nice overview of of yeah starting from a point of the text and then being able to branch out from there to have a fully fleshed out production
0: wow um, so it, it sounds like you're mostly focusing on on uh, just the, the honesty of the piece, really sort of the pathos of the piece, which makes me think that, that structurally all of the space-time continuum work has been done by the playwright, so we'll be able to follow it, no problem.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is, I think the biggest challenge is, is not... Um, getting ahead of yourself and trying to do too much with this piece I mean the story tells itself it is so well written and the the actors do such a good job that you know that you're almost in danger of trying to do too much I think um I don't know, I think it fits in really well with Stripped Script's mission sure. of focusing on, on the text and the actor's choices. And we've been able to develop a rehearsal process where we really honor that. And mm-hmm. I think moving forward into staging more full-scale productions, this is a model that we has worked really well for us and we hope to further.
0: You know, I think that that's an, an excellent tact. And I think that that's one of the, the new directions of theater. Um, we've seen so much that's been... Uh, at least I've seen a lot of uh, productions that have been stripped down to just their bare minimum, and just giving us the text that the that uh, that the author intends. And like for instance, the 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 recent revival of *Color Purple*. Uh, I don't know if you ladies saw that.
1: Cried through the whole. Oh my God! It was
0: so good. <laughs> now I saw the original production out here. Um, uh, when I saw it with Fantasia Barino, who was terrific, it's one of my favorite performances, but it was big, and there were, I mean, big sets and big costumes. And this, it was done with, you know, two baskets full of props and, and I don't know, probably 50 chairs and, and tremendous talent. Also, I don't know if you recall, but about, I don't know, probably about 10 years ago, there was a production of Our Town directed by David Cromer. I always get his name wrong, it's either Cromer or Kramer. Him and and Michael Greif in grief. I can never figure out how to pronounce his name. But anyways, and he's one of my favorite uh, theater directors. But it was a production of Our Town where everyone was sort of wearing just their their modern clothes and just performing the text and doing it in a creative way. And it had a really nice spin at the end, but it just it really just makes you think about the honesty of the piece. And good writing should be able to put you there. I think, in my opinion, no matter what. I do. Yeah. So, anyways, um, th- that being said, are you are you happy with how rehearsals are going at this point? Or are you...
2: Rehearsals, for me, have been an absolute dream. I just, I mean, you guys are so hardworking, and we really have this um, collaborative environment in rehearsals where I hope you guys feel like you are welcome to throw ideas into the mix and those will be honored and tested out but you know you still have a support system and you know someone helping you in the go in the right direction um, but I mean for me this has definitely been the best experience I've had as a director so far I just I'm so excited to sit down and watch this play when we open which is like it's a really week. good place to be in. Right,
0: right. <laughs> I, realized, I realized that was a loaded question when I asked that, so I was taking my no. life in my own hands. Allison, how are you finding rehearsals? I
1: have to say, for me, I think you know the only problem with rehearsals is that it's we've created such a magical space that I'm scared to move on to the next production in my life that will live up to the, to the dream. Uh, I feel really fortunate to have found people, both cast and crew, that are as passionate about Kieran Berry's play as I am, and just everybody shows up, and whatever drama is going on in their lives or in the world, everybody just puts it aside, we all turn our phones off, and we're happy to plug in for five or six hours without looking at the clock or worrying about mm-hmm. it, and, and really find the space to play, while knowing that somebody's guiding us through that play with an expert hand. Um, so it's really, it's really perfect. I know that sounds kind of gross, but it is. (laughs) No,
0: no, no, no. I kind of figured that, otherwise I probably would have avoided that question. (laughs) So you have uh, two other cast members in the show, uh, Patrick Hamilton and Ruth Mahala-Sullivan. And who do they play?
1: So Patrick Hamilton plays Simon, Uh and Ruth Mahala-Sullivan plays Anna. And they are a married couple. They that about the play without ruining anything? (laughs) Yes. <laughs>
0: okay. And what's your character's name?
1: Uh, my character's name is Jennifer. Jennifer.
0: Okay. Cool. Excellent. And uh, it looks like your are you looks like you put together a really nice uh, creative team as well. Talk about them.
2: Oh, we have a great creative team. Um, uh, I'm going to mess up her last name. Chika Shimizu. 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 Yeah. Um, is our scenic designer. Um, she's been fantastic to work with, and. I... Again, I just feel like we've sort of stumbled onto this like dream world where everybody that we talk to about the project sees it through the same lens we do and is as excited to be on board. Um, David Shockett is our lighting designer. I'm super, I cannot wait to get into the theater with him on Monday to start Aww. seeing what his plans are and, and adding the, that next
1: um, level onto the play. Um, and then Jonathan Sanford, who is a dear friend of mine oh from L.A., uh, musician, <laughs> composer, who has written an original score for the entire piece. Very cool. And it's cool. just epic. Can, like Talk about,
2: like, your dream relationship with a composer. Like, the easy, I mean, we're on the same page. The amount of times I've emailed him a random thought in the middle of the night and he's emailed back saying, I thought about putting that piece in that scene, too. How weird. Like, just on the same page at all times. It's incredible. And his work is still standing.
0: Yep. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> that that's great. And then you have costume design by Beth Morgan, who uh, worked on Glow on Netflix. Yes. I love Glow, <laughs>
1: amazing show, right? Oh my and god, it was Beth so is good. the most stylish woman I've ever met. Um, and no shocker that she's an amazing costume designer for wow. all kinds of movies and TV shows.
0: You know, I love <laughs> it when costume designers are like super, super stylish. I think it's. I'm I'm a little intimidated because I'm not kind of I'm not a stylish person, <laughs> but. Um, That's great. So, so it's going to be, it's going to be kind of a a on the last performance. But let's hope that it it moves on to the next level. That would be amazing. We also
2: (laughs) need to bring up Greg, our executive producer, as well. Absolutely,
0: Um, Greg Shefford. Greg Shefford, yeah, who
2: has been a big support for us since the beginning and um, fully fits into our team of
1: people who are you know, in, in the dream team. That's That's... <laughs> yeah, genius to have his expertise on how the business works and how to make the most of this big project. We're new. What undertaken. we're doing is, yeah. you know,
2: we're pretty fresh and new. So <laughs> going into that with uh, as much guidance as we can get and communication has been really so
0: helpful. So it sounds like he's really good at the business end of, of things.
2: So is Allison. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, she. <laughs> I'm so used to, you know, doing projects and having like a constant... Um, checklist in my head right that's just how I operate and so many times I go to email Allison the thing on my checklist in the morning and I already have an email sitting there from her like you know same brain it's just
1: (laughs) she's great
0: your whole creative team is sharing the same brain I love that (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome it's probably
1: a testament to Kieran Barry's work that we all just mind melt into it together (laughs)
0: let's talk about Kieran Barry. okay he was born in Stratford-upon-Avon he sur- I love this, I, he survived a disastrous education, and I believe this is directly from his website, so I'm not, I'm not calling his education <laughs> disastrous, at Glebeland's School in Cranley, uh, and then he took degrees at the University of Durham and Goldsmiths College in London. That's, that's a pretty style and pedigree.
1: hmm
0: Wow. So tell me a little bit more about him. That he
1: you is a master wordsmith. Um, that's all I can say about him, really. Uh, I mean, not all I can say about him. That's the first and foremost thing to say about him. Uh, even just in conversation with him, he's one of those men who everything that comes out of his mouth feels like it's been researched and planned, and it has six degrees of references to other texts, and, but in this wonderful way where it's alive and he's hysterical and he challenges you in everything you're thinking and communicating with him about and I have yet to come across a play of his that I don't adore. Uh, he and he has a new play, um, *The Curious Adventures*, the official adventures of Kieran and Jade, uh, which is about to be produced in London, I believe, and it's really exciting piece.
0: <laughs> wow, is it autobiographical? It is. <laughs> okay, cool. What's it about? Uh,
1: it is about a breakup that he had. Uh, I guess it's almost two years ago now huh. and he's turned it into this biting and brilliant black comedy
0: wow that's so adele that's so adele <laughs> i love that that's that's terrific so adele or pink one of the two yeah, okay right. <laughs> now it says here 60 of his plays have been produced in the u.s u.k u.s canada and south africa that's you know once again a terrific a terrific record and he's an uh, author of the one act comedy Numbers, uh, which is included in Lucy Kerbel's book, 100 Great Plays for Women, where it appeared alongside uh, plays by Oscar Wilde, Tennessee Williams, and Euripides.
1: Yeah. Dang!
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow, I am so impressed. And he's also yeah. written and directed three short films. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yes.
1: And tomorrow, in the battle has just recently been published by Samuel French.
0: I saw yeah. that; that's terrific. Yeah. Um, so, I would feel really intimidated by him. <laughs> I would. I would like. I, I don't. I would have. It would take me like an hour to get over it.
1: I'm going to confess that he's coming to the show at the end of the run, and it terrifies me as much as it excites
0: me that he's coming to see it. <laughs> so you've never met him in no, person? No, we
1: have. I'm, uh, We're close friends. I've done oh, okay. a lot of projects with him in Los Angeles. Um, and up towards Santa Barbara. I was in some of those films that he wrote. Uh, cool. But I'm still terrified. Even I'm though the one who should be terrified. <laughs> terrified. Your I self. want to do him proud because I, this work of his means so much to me that I want to make sure that I'm doing it justice.
0: <laughs> well, he gave you permission to take it from L.A. to Santa Barbara to New York, so I, I think he likes you.
1: Yeah, oh. I I <laughs> you safe. Yeah, I think,
0: I think, I think you're good. Now, Tana, are you nervous? <laughs>
2: Um. Yes, I am. I always am way more nervous in general as a director than I am as an actor or producer. Um, there's just some, you know, you really relinquish control when it comes to your last preview performance and then you just have to sit there in the audience on your hands, like, hoping right. and praying yeah. that Amen. everything goes the way yeah. you want it to, you know. Um, but there's also a beautiful release in letting the show change and evolve and grow with the actors and, you know, trusting your team with that. Um, Am I nervous? Yeah, of course I am. I hope that he feels like we do his play justice. Something tells me he's... To be that good, you have to be quite opinionated. Um, So I hope that he likes what we've done, but I do have full confidence in this cast and this production, and I'm very excited to see it, and I'm very excited for him to see it as well.
0: I I think he's going to be thrilled. I mean, you're also positive and up about it and and typically if you don't change any of the text, we're okay
1: right. we're all right you know That's we're working very hard to be word perfect right and exactly make sure he hears that <laughs>
0: um, um okay so is there anything else that you want to add about the show before we move on to uh some of the thoughts and feelings you have about uh, theater in general.
1: Am um, I allowed to plug that we are doing a talkback and book signing with Kieran and the cast at the Drama Bookshop.
0: Plug away, um, my dear.
1: Thursday, August 26th at 4 p.m., free and open to the public to come. We're going to talk about the play itself. People get to meet Kieran and we'll talk about the process of finding and producing your own work in New York.
0: Oh my gosh, you you two are like all theater all the time. It's like twenty four seven theater, right?
1: That's the hope. That's the goal. goal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I find that like really to be to be successful, the drive has to be there. If it's not clicking in your mind all the time, if it's not theater, theater, and the play, and the production, and this, it's 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 really hard to be successful. It's it's, you just need that. That drive, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. So that
1: we've just begun talking about what is going to be next for us after this show, so that we don't fall into that lull of. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, what do I do with my life? Nothing tells me that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> Where, okay, you've got we're okay. We're safe. We have a plan. And you know, I'm going to
0: ask you about that too. So, okay, so you want to talk about just um, theater in general? Let's do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, what are there? Are the particular messages and themes? that speak tr- strongly to you in the projects you like to produce, direct, or act in? Are there any prevalent themes? or some, some, With some people, it's just project by project, but some people do have tastes.
2: That is a big question.
0: Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's had a lot of, uh, of uh, exercise. Let's put it that way.
2: Do you want to take this one out? Either way. No, uh, go for it. I mean, I feel like I've been lucky to work with Um, a few different I feel like I have a few different outlets right now personally um, each of of which sort of attack a different thing that I'm passionate about in the theater whereas like the production company that I just finished working with that I founded in 2010 we do a lot of like absurdist environmentally conscious more political satirical work Um, so that sort of has scratched that itch you know whereas Strip Scripts is like I love the emotionally raw beautiful um, writing text to the like really stripped away focusing on that emotional integrity um, so that takes care of that box you know and then um, at, in working with Leica as their performing arts director I get the opportunity to devise a lot of really short um, theme specific projects that are like we do at the opening of curated art exhibition events or closing parties so it's like really gets that like devising like don't get too perfectionist about it, just, like, get something up and raw and fun on its feet. Um, so I feel like between all of that, like, that's such a wide variety of things that I'm interested in that it becomes very hard to answer that question. But I'm, like, taking a step back now and realizing how grateful I feel to be able to say I have all these different things that I'm passionate about and care about are in, in my life right now, which is very cool. Um, but, yes, there's not one, one particular theme that I'm really interested in, I'm aside from maybe new work or reimagined um, you know, wow. texts that have been reimagined. I really like things to be fresh, um, to be fresh and new. And I love the relationship of working with a playwright on a new piece of work um, and sort of developing that together and creating a collaborative environment in which to produce the most exciting, the most exciting
0: piece possible. Excellent. Wow, that's great. So it sounds like it really is, is more based upon the project itself
2: so I mean you know you end up limiting yourself if you sort of say you only like to do one type of theater I think you can really surprise yourself like I, I mean I've never been huge into musicals but sometimes I go see a musical and think like damn I'd love to be in that
0: right. she <laughs> well, can
1: sing very well as well
0: oh and you're a singer too yeah
1: oh my gosh she can do everything that's well, not true. you
0: have, th- I think you have like three different resumes on your, your oh website. Oh, God,
2: I know. I with, need to consolidate. With, with the
0: creative stalking that I do, it's just mild creative stalking. Don't worry. It's usually just for the show. Um, you, uh, you had three resumes. I was like, wow, that's, you know, my resume is like that big. Um, so so it sounds, it, it sounds like it's, it's project by project. So let's say if somebody was like, okay, I'm going to, I have a drama about, Football, and I mean like American oh God. football.
2: Oh God! And
0: and I really like <laughs> your work. I want you to consider it.
2: Well, my my the image I have in my brain is I know so little about American sports. I'd have to go in the opposite direction and make it a total like razzle dazzle musical about football, um, <laughs> or something like the antithesis of American. A ball, right, because I would not do that justice wow. <laughs> at
1: all.
0: Sure, you would. Oh my gosh! Um, Something tells me that you'd be up night after night researching it, right, right. Allison, Absolutely. until she found a formula. Dana, for why you. are
2: you looking so, so buff. buff? Right, <laughs> right? Oh, that's, that's right. huge. Yeah.
0: Wow, you've been just, you've been tossing that's, the football yeah. around back and forth um, every night. <laughs> okay, what about you, Allison?
1: I think it's similar for me. Um, it's really about where I think there's a chance for community. Um, You sort of tapped on it earlier about always kind of being networking. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's always about relationships that I want to make, people that have inspired me. So I'm somebody who goes to the theater and will write down a list of, I love that playwright, I love that actor. I file them in my brain somewhere to one day read a script and say, oh, remember that actor? That actor, this script. Let's see if we can make that happen. Um, So I think that for me is what it is. And that's what I love about strip scripts because we get to just funnel people through to hear new playwrights and find new actors and you fall in love with you know one or the other and and see what we can whip up from there and what we want to put together from
2: there and there's something so beautiful and fulfilling in the um creating of opportunities for other artists I think and that's something that like as actors we're so used to asking for permission for asking for jobs you know to have to like chase that down and beg for it that flipping that around and realizing that actually you know all we really need is a space or you know a, a small group of people who want to work together suddenly you find yourself in the position where you can give playwrights an opportunity to have their work heard you can give actors an opportunity to show up the network and and get known you know and put stuff on their resume and all of that is like very inspiring and it's just the right i think that's the right mindset to be in mindset of offering things instead of like
0: that's so lovely and know. generous because um I don't know if if either of you remember this feeling but I remember the first time anybody ever gave me any sort of validation of I want you to participate in this with your script the feeling was like ah you know the Ooh. proverbial heavens open up and rainbows and and all of that and it's 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 so wonderful because there's so many people who are who Are trying Mm. and it's just it's it's difficult to get that break it can be
1: crushing along the way (laughs) yeah and it it can be I mean you know uh,
0: and the things that we go through uh, it's it's so nice to know that there are companies like strip scripts who will who will give people that feeling and that option so kudos to you ladies that's that's amazing (laughs) now overall yeah, just to, just in general, with all of your theater viewing and and you know talking to your your peers and all that, what do you think is an important direction theater is taking right now?
2: Um, something I've spent a lot of time thinking about recently is accessibility in the theater. Um, so, in terms of uh, creating an environment where if somebody, anybody, can come and see your play, and you don't necessarily have to be financially well-off or um, live in a certain area. So I think, I mean, they're, one of the things we try to do with script, scripts. or that we do is is offer these monthly play readings that are free, right? So, I mean, of course you have to make your money back when you're putting on a full-scale show. I mean, of you course, have to charge yeah. money for tickets. That's just the world that we live in. But I think to balance that out um, with other opportunities of getting your work out there that, that aren't exclusive to... You know, people being able to pay high ticket prices to do that is something I feel really passionate about, and I'd like to work that into a future model. I mean, we do that. We're offering $15 tickets for our late night shows at a discount for Tomorrow the Battle. It's like, we just are trying to put things out there so that, um, you know, it's not only accessible to a small group of people. Wow, Um, that's great. I
0: don't know if that's
2: exactly what the, the answer answered your question, but... That's something that I think think about often you know providing providing that for, for everybody everywhere.
0: Not the first time that that answer has been given. Mm-hmm. People often talk a lot about um, the affordability of mm-hmm. seeing a lot of theater. Um, when you're you're young or you're in, you're in school and you're on a budget or you're older and you're on a fixed income, mm-hmm. um, it's really nice to, to provide those opportunities so so that's excellent. that's, that's a terrific very popular answer okay mm-hmm. Alson. Awesome.
1: Uh, I actually, a theme for mine of mine recently, I think, in theater that I'm noticing is, I think this is probably the wrong word, but I haven't been able to come up with a better one, but I think there's a minimizing of theater but that, that has a negative connotation that I don't mean, but I think in this day and age where we expect so much out of something bite-sized, and we're two-screening and three-screening, and in this rapid processing mode, I'm seeing this trend of theater getting condensed and sped up and... Being done without intermission and just pack it all in, like get them in. Once you get them in the seats, hit them hard with as much as possible in 90 minutes, and then send them on their way. Um, so I think that's an interesting trend that's happening right now. Even Shakespeare plays being condensed down. Right now, at the Public Measure for Measure is doing a two-hour and 15-minute, no intermission version of Measure for Measure. That back yeah,
0: one. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. was yeah. I actually interviewed a guy <laughs> yeah. who was in in the. In Measure for Measure at the uh, New York Innovative Theater Awards, and um, he was actually—he's actually in the Blue Man Group too. Oh, so cool. I would—I would think that's intermissionless too. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I, I, that was a complete sidebar. <laughs> I, I apologize, but that—that no. that is actually true. Um, I don't know how much you know about this play, but Torch Song Trilogy, um, the Harvey Firestein play which debuted uh, in 1982 and is a... It's a trilogy, so it's a... Well, it was a trilogy. It's a three-act play. I saw it. It's actually coming back now as Torch Song. Mm-hmm. And he's actually had to cut an hour out of it. Wow. And now it's two acts yeah. because of the fact that we just... I don't know. I, I blame it on technology. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have said that. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you... I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I
1: agree. I think...
0: I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have any theories as to why, other than technology, that we would... That, that the public would want a a shorter, more condensed experience?
1: Technology is the thing that comes to my mind as well, and I, which I feel like is sort of sad because ideally you go to the theater and you get to take a break from all that and why not make that break as extended as possible mm-hmm. <laughs> um but i i don't know other I, I mean i think that the last thing you want to be doing when you're at
2: the theater is looking at your watch sure right i mean so it's i think i see it as a positive thing i mean if you can cut something down to what's essential and still tell the story to the best of your ability that's a wonderful thing i mean they're that's good storytelling, right? Is mm-hmm. not, in my opinion, I mean, I don't know. I also get bored very easily at the theater. I think I've spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in theaters and studying sure. theater and at the theater. And sometimes I just don't want to do that at my night off. Sometimes I really don't want to go to the theater, but if I can go to something that keeps me engaged from the moment I walk in the door until the moment I leave, like that's what I consider to be like a fantastic night at the theater. Sure. Um, and a lot of times, that's really difficult to do over a three-hour period. You know, you just like get to the point where you're like, I have to pee. Like, oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. And which I mean, probably going like looping back to technology, right? We're used to checking our devices and um, being distracted every five minutes, and it's your our attention spans probably aren't as long.
0: Well also, I, I think that um, there was there used to be this whole theory that all if not most, if not all theater needed an intermission, and uh, playwrights and and, and and musical writers they started playing with that and started saying, we don't necessarily need we could can, we can make this a shorter experience and not and, and, and keep the audience on the ride. Mm-hmm. We don't need to have a big 15-minute break in the middle of this but if we're going to do that it needs to be a tight you know two hours or less Mm -hmm. because of you know bathroom and you know maybe checking on the kids or whatever you need to do so um, okay now that being said are there any particular shows on your radar that you feel exemplify this this vision or direction of theater (laughs) <laughs> now, I know your show. Your show is a, is a tight ninety minutes. Ninety
1: minutes, no. As minutes.
0: well, and, uh, but are, are there any other shows out there that you've seen that you that have?
2: I haven't had time to go see a show in months. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>,
0: wow!
2: <laughs> I don't even know. I'm in the dark over here. know like, what's out there. I'm so uh, hyper focused on uh, putting. The I show. I
0: think that's like is that irony or misfortune? <laughs> I I, know I never know the difference. So <laughs> what we'll, we'll call Alanis Morissette. <laughs> Allison. Have you seen anything?
1: Uh, I mentioned already Measure for Measure, which did the abbreviated version of the whole play. That's you know, right. They kind of did a 1950s My Girl Friday super speed talking through the text. Hyper speed, I don't think yeah. they cut any of the text. I think they just went through it rapid fire. Um, what else have I seen? And I'm thinking this doesn't play into that but on the opposite end of the spectrum I saw Hamlet at The Public. I'm obviously a big fan of The Public. <laughs> um, and Shakespeare. four plus hours. Oh my gosh. But brilliant. And I didn't mind that it was four plus hours and they had two intermissions but they filled it and it was beautiful and you were it was very simplified we were talking about simplified texts everything and everyone was on stage the entire time all the props they used very almost low budget if I can say that um, but it really was just about the text and, and they brought in a comedic aspect to Hamlet which I've never seen really brought I've seen so many productions of Hamlet it was the first time that Hamlet was kind of funny and it was really nice wow. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah.
2: you just said something that made me um, in terms of having no props or limited props and limited set. Um, Just the freedom that comes with having a show like that and that you could tour it around or, you know, do the production in different spaces and and work with a new space is something that really excites me, probably because of working at the gallery space as well, like in a non-traditional theater environment and having my whole life has been focused around how to make that compatible with musical theater productions and, you know,
1: absurdist theater productions and like... Strip scripts readings and everything like that. Um. That's actually our new thought now. We have basically one central set piece in our play. (laughs) And now, when we talk about doing other plays, we've decided we have to use that piece in all of our plays in some form or other. It's our new sort of side little inside baseball thing that we're going to be doing.
2: I (laughs) I love that. Just peeking out from the
1: curtain, you know? Just like a slight. (laughs) homage
0: to... Uh, Did you really think that you'd have this many sports references in this interview? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no. We're talking about No. <laughs> <laughs> now, are, are you a big fan of Shakespeare? It sounds like you are.
1: I am. I really, I have to say I was kind of born and bred on it. I think in one weekend we went up to Stratford-upon-Avon, I think I was 10, and we saw Henry the 4th, Henry the 5th, both parts, uh, Twelfth Night, and Hamlet in the same weekend.
0: So all of that Shakespeare that you were talking about earlier in the interview didn't burn you out but just made you fall completely in love with completely it. Completely in love. I'm still intimidated
1: by it as an actor but adore to go see it as an audience member.
0: Okay, I get a lot of flack for this, but I am not a big fan of Shakespeare. I find that there's always a schism because of the of the language mm-hmm. between the actor delivering the line and it getting to me. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like I'm a beat behind. To me, it feels kind of like opera. I hope, I hope that the big beats are there so I can follow the story. Mm-hmm. But I've just, I've, I know, I get a lot of, I get, I get a lot of flack over it. And I actually interviewed a an actress named uh, Carly Street. She was um, uh, the cover for the two female leads in Marvin's Room, and she does a lot of Shakespeare up in Canada. And she said a lot of that. The reason why that that there is that so many people, quote unquote, don't get it right, if you will. And that's very crude to say, but um, is because they don't recognize the climate in which the script was written. Mm-hmm. Like she's, in, in, and you probably are very much aware of this, having gone to school in in London, yeah. London, right?
2: Oh, I did my university in Liverpool and then moved to London, but in the UK, mm-hmm. yes. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, she, what she yeah, said probably. was, you know, when. when Back in Shakespeare's time it was cold and people were moving fast. And she said so the dialogue delivered quickly is the best way to do it, which is, just seems weird because it feels but she says it works.
1: Well, I think it's sort of what Tana touched upon earlier with this idea of doing too much to a text. And I think because people can be intimidated by Shakespeare, they try to add on that flourish of we're doing this it heightened gets flowery, important text. Yeah. But Shakespeare's doing all the work for you if you just let the words come out. In the same way as Kieran's writing, for me, it's just, oh, the, this image is just there. And I just if I just actually say it the way it's written, I don't need to paint anything around it. Um, so I think for me, it's that. And when you get to see those few and far between, unfortunately, productions of Shakespeare that bring it to life the way it's meant to be. Right. Yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of not-so-great ones in the mix around it, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah, it feels like when the, what, she was, what she was saying and what you're saying is when it gets too flowery and mm-hmm. overblown and people are, and they overact it, then it, that's when it gets mm-hmm. to be, that's when it loses people, Yeah. which is strange because it's, it's basically saying, say it simple and say it fast with no translation and it'll work. Yeah. Which is I would assume that's really hard. No, I no, we're totally getting off on the sidetrack here, but <laughs> I love talking about it. but it's it's which is sort of not the direction I think most people want to go yeah. in with it. You yeah. have to really fight that, yeah? yeah Do you find that with your actors too? Like you're like when you're doing Shakespeare.
2: Um, I'm trying to think. I haven't directed a Shakespeare. I directed a scene from Othello for the Wanamea competition at the Globe Theater when I was at university. And I directed All's Well That Ends Well. I assisted directed that was like when I was like (laughs) fourteen. So I don't have a huge, of course, not not very recent um, (laughs) experience directing actors in Shakespeare. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is there for you in the text, right? Like the you're going to carry a lot of those emotional scenes. Like it's written into the uh, amount of vowels that are used in that verse. You know, Mm. like you a lot of it is really just making sure your actors are following their instincts and that they're technical enough to be heard and honoring, you know, mm-hmm. that they're taking the verse into their body. And, like, once you have that groundwork, or if you're working with actors who are trained in Shakespeare, I really think you can kind of just let them fly. Yeah, And it's it, doesn't it doesn't need to be treated as a... stage. <laughs> it's just a play. It doesn't need to be treated as a, a separate type of yeah. theater. You know, I right. mean, it's a it's a play. Mm-hmm. You, the same yeah. way you'd direct any other play, the same things still apply.
1: You just have to be a little bit more aware of the technique to make sure they're being heard. And yeah, originally done messy and dirty and all men wearing well, that's wings the best, and like that's the being best body with it you know, and not, <laughs> not clasping their hands and staying stiff and corseted and but it was messy and fun and human.
0: <laughs> and that's basically what Carly was saying. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's like, don't 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 overdo it. Yeah. Pretty much is, <laughs> is the theme. I love that you were assistant directing a Shakespeare play at fourteen years old. <laughs>
2: I don't Uh, know I had a very amazing set of mentors I was homeschooled as well and an only child so I think that I was I mean I was really able to devote all of my energy into just being in the theater all the time so
1: now it's in my blood
0: you two are fascinating I'm
1: a little bit older than Tana but I hope to grow up to be as talented as Tana oh please (laughs) oh stop oh
0: my gosh <laughs> as as very definitely the oldest person in the entire department <laughs> right now You stop that what do you think is the best part of being involved with smaller productions?
1: For me I think it's the ability to, to have artistic control in in more than one element so totally. you get to not just be the one tiny element of the of the story but you get to be a part of the origin of picking what it is that you want to do and then what do you want it to look like and then who's the team that's going to come together to bring that vision to life. Uh, and I think as great as it is, I mean, sometimes I love to just be an actor and to not have the producer hat and to not take on all those other obligations and worries, but, um, but to get to just be part of that full thread uh, and, and learn, I think you learn more about the other roles that people play that you don't have as much experience with. in a bigger production you maybe to some degree are coming in and plugging your time card and then there's parts of the production that are going on that you don't even ever see so you don't know the behind the scenes in the same measure.
2: Totally I mean the collaboration necessary to put on a production when you don't have a massive team and loads of financial support and a bunch of investors I mean you know you have to rely on each other you need to find a way of working together and, and Oftentimes that means stepping into roles that you haven't done before. Um, but along with that comes being able to take some more risks, right? You're not answering to as many people. It's people sitting mm-hmm. in a room saying, yeah. is, this, is this idea crazy? It's great though, right? And everyone yeah. else being like, yes, it's crazy. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and being able to say yes to that mm-hmm. and trust the people you're working with that they're going to yeah. lead each other in the right direction. I mean, that is really, yeah. really cool. That's my favorite environment to work in.
1: And then sourcing random things. I mean, it hit on me. My cousin Romy, who lives in England, is an artist, and I thought, oh, I need somebody to design this poster for us. And so she started designing the poster, and then I thought, do you want to come to New York and assist stage manager our show? So she's in New York right now as this 20 year old just getting to getting experience, experience. New York City oh theater scene. And now she wants to go to stage managing school, so it's awesome. And again, that goes back <laughs> to giving people opportunities,
2: right? It's like being in that, the, the, relishing that. Um, role of being able mm. to invite people to come on board to something and realizing that's actually a great opportunity for them and they really want to do that. Mm. And then that energy getting sort of fed back into the project and then, you know, building upon yeah. that. It's all very exciting.
0: Wow. You too. I, You know, just when I think I'm like super, super busy, <laughs> I, I have two ladies on the show like you and it's They're just... You're, I think that your schedule would totally flatter. <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: If you might
0: hibernate for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Vacation yeah. <laughs> <you>, is necessary. <laughs> you are like, like I can tell you, like you are about ready to. Are you are you about ready to go into tech are you in tech yeah, right tech now? Tech is Monday. Monday. Oh <laughs> my gosh! So, yeah, this this is definitely tech mind right here. Yeah, it's like trrr, we right? haven't slept right? in a long exactly. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, what should every theatrical artist, producer, director, actor, technician be doing right now to be relevant and successful in the industry?
2: Make their own work would be my answer. Um, I think you, by making your own work, you push your boundaries and you really test yourself on what your limits are and often surprise yourself on what you can do. And I think the most important thing is to continue being active in your chosen field, to um, uh, see yourself as the artist that you want to be, you know, to tell yourself that story that it's okay to identify as an actor, as a producer, as a theater maker, whatever you want to call yourself, mm-hmm. and just d- develop a life that is devoted to working in the field you want to work on. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, especially in New York City, when everything is so expensive and the industry is hard to break into, yeah. in my experience, that means just doing what you're passionate about, creating an environment for yourself where you can continue doing that work, and then I think people recognize that, and it opportunities kind of
0: flower out from there. Cool. Allison, you want to add anything
1: to that? I uh, I would say basically the same. I mean, I was thinking while you said that it took so many years for me to just introduce myself as an actor and not sort of come up with all these random freelance jobs I was doing on the side to feel like I had purpose and say I'm an actor because you... If you don't have something, you know, the next question is, well, what are you doing right now? And oftentimes, unfortunately, it's "Well, nothing specific right now. You know, yeah. waiting for the next, yes. This yeah. week. Sure, right.
0: Um, <laughs> have acting classes. We exactly, week. Yeah. Right, right. So again, by
1: producing your own stuff. And I think when I started strip scripts, I suddenly had this freedom to say, I'm an actor. Yeah. I mean, I get to do this every month because I just put something up every month to make sure I get to say that and do that. Um, and that energy feeds on itself and allows you to, to invest more in that environment and then get more out of it like Tana said. So,
0: wow. Yeah. So basically it's taking responsibility for your own career and making it happen not waiting for somebody else to hand it to you yeah. Yeah. Yes. or give it to you because you're going to be waiting a long time yeah. and um, it, I think it, it helps to, to feel more in control. Absolutely. Um, I remember one of the first things I had to do as a writer was um, uh believe in myself first as a writer. Mm-hmm. And then things and then it starts to follow and then put yourself in situations where you actually are a writer, where they call you a writer, like writer's group, or in your case like an acting class or a directing class. And then it leads to like you said, starting your own uh, theater company mm-hmm. or your second theater company. Or yep. <laughs> 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 two theater companies. Yeah. And yeah. and that is honestly ladies, that is probably the most Common answer mm-hmm. uh, that people are giving right now, yeah. and then we have so many opportunities, um, like uh, right now that we didn't have before for marketing, like mm-hmm. social media, or uh, if you're a filmmaker, YouTube, things like that. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. it's smart, and and also in my opinion, it's good to to learn those things.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Open up your mind and don't say, "Oh, I don't do that. I'm just an actor." Do yeah, you agree I'm, I
2: hashtag everything? now so. Oh, I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm. I'm there.
0: Yeah, right. I'm trying to learn. Yeah. Like really uh, breaking into new territory now. Well, you know, <laughs> you probably are. Are you take the first step, which is what I try to do, which was at least be open to learning it. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: You know, I know so many people who are like, "Oh, you're the director. I'm not going to do that. I don't. I don't need to do that." Um, and that the, sec- the successful people are the ones that um, that keep their mind open. Absolutely. In mm-hmm. so that's, yeah. that's just. That's my two cents.
1: And work really begets work. I mean, I always say it's this blessing and curse. Indeed. You go through periods where you have, you know, not enough going on and then all of a sudden you're doing a great show and you get a bunch of offers at the same time. You think, "Can I actually take all this on board at the same time?" Uh, that's, and that's then the there's the that happens.
0: Then there's the I better take it all on board at the same time cuz who knows when the next thing's going to Exactly. Happen.
1: I it's it's <laughs> kind of like that I'll sleep next year, right? it'll like, be okay.
0: <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> Okay, so besides Tomorrow in the Battle, is there anything new that you're working on that you want to talk about? Just so you know, a lot of people say, I can't talk about it, right? So that's okay.
1: We can talk about our general theme, I think, but I don't think we want to give anything away. But I think last week we had a table read with some fellow actors, many of which we met through strip scripts. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are thinking about taking on three plays in rep. We're waiting to get the rights to one central one. And then we would be basically doing a deep dive into the same characters via three plays. And Tana and I this time are going to be sharing the stage. So the hard part now will be finding a director that's as talented as Tana to take us through this journey.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm. Uh, am I gleaning from that that you've actually s- selected material? We have. Yeah. Okay, and you're not. You don't want to talk about that quite yet. We not have
2: yet. the rights yet. so.
0: We oh, okay. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very, very smart. That's that's, smart. that's very smart business. Um, well, that's great. Are you excited about sharing the stage with each other?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: okay. Can you tell me a little bit about the character's relationship or no? You don't have to. Yes, account.
1: it'll be interesting because I will be being very mean to Tana, I oh, think, right. through most of it, but from a point of jealousy. Um. Yeah.
0: yeah, jealousy right <laughs> back at you. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that, like, when, when when you see a show, or even if it's a TV show or something, and they're so mean to each other, and then you find out that, like, oh, we're, like, best girlfriends or we're best friends or we're, like, sisters or brothers <laughs> off. offset. that's, that's really cool. Um, so before I have you give out your social media information, which is going to include tomorrow on the battle, do you want to play a speed round with me? Sure. Okay. Okay. Ready? I, okay. I
1: guess I, know so. I don't know what it is. Do you know what? Okay. No. Good.
0: Basically, I'm going to ask you questions and you just answer really fast. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. okay now, now, Allison, you go first. Okay. What's your favorite play? <laughs> you want Tanner <laughs> to go first? Yes, please. Oh, Sorry, no, I literally no, blanked completely. Oh, I know. I can say. Okay. Okay. Go. Ask me
1: again. What's your favorite play? <laughs> Reverb by Leslie Headland.
0: Okay.
2: I can't say tomorrow in the battle, can I?
0: You can Can if I? You
2: want. Tomorrow in the Battle or Lungs by Duncan MacMillan.
0: Okay, cool. I wasn't
2: going to steal that one from you. That's what came <laughs> to
0: mind. Favorite musical? Wicked. Oh, me too. Ugh. I
1: love Wicked. Bat Boy. Bat Boy.
0: Okay, great. And favorite writer? You could say Kieran and somebody else.
1: I would say, honestly, Kieran Barry first, and then um, there's a new female playwright that I've done a couple scripts of for Strip Scripts called Jennifer Mizell, and she is writing some really beautiful
0: pieces that are sharp and smart. That's great. Oh, awesome. Okay, Tana? Mm. You could say Kieran, but if you say Kieran, you have to say somebody else.
2: Well, and now I want to say Kieran and Duncan McMillan, but I just used that for long, so I don't know if that's a uh... Please give me the rights to that play.
0: Uh. <laughs> you want to pass
1: <laughs> yes I'll pass okay
0: alright if you think of something you can come back to it okay favorite director we should,
1: should be coming up at the
0: top of- you can say Tana, but you have to say someone else
1: <laughs> I'm so this is one of the things as an artist that I feel really bad about that I should know more directors names of the pieces that I walk away from and love um
0: I give everybody escape. Go ahead.
1: Okay, Steph Green, um, who happens to also be a dear friend of mine, but she is a film and TV director and does absolutely beautiful work. She did a film called Run and Jump with Will Forte uh, that was brilliant.
0: Cool. (laughs) Cool.
2: Favorite director? Um, I find it really hard to name directors that I haven't worked with personally because... I don't know. I think so much of that relationship is like how f- how much you felt pushed by a director. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking at this as an actor instead of a theater goer. But I just worked with Maria Swisher on Garden of Delights, and I think um, she was a very good. She was incredible and really pushed me in, in ways I hadn't been pushed before. So that is my answer.
0: Excellent. And do do either of you have a mentor?
1: I don't. Um,
0: Common answer, by the way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's people who've inspired me along the way and I hit moments where it's the right person to be studying with or the right person to be working with as an actor or director that in that moment pushes me to the next thing that I need to realize about myself. So I can say, for example, Josh Pice, who's an actor and teaches this class called Committed Impulse. At the time I first came across Committed Impulse, it was it helped me refine what I had always loved about the theater before I went to conservatory and got overly analytical about it
0: all. <laughs> wow. Okay.
1: Um, the two big
2: mentors that jump out to me are mentors I had when I was um, a teenager uh, Tim Robinson and Todd Hunter both were directors I worked with and um, they uh, both just saw in me something that I they saw the confidence that I didn't yet have in myself um, and really pushed me to do work like playing Froggy and Blackbird at 15 you know playing this 19 year old heroin addict in a two person show in this little dingy theater in Boston and like things that I never would have Envision for myself um that really made me grow um and then I guess as an adult um one of my teachers my high-end text and Shakespeare teacher at school Abby Langham did the same thing just really had extreme confidence in me as I was graduating going to university and um the artistic director of like Ed uh, at Joe Wheeler now is does the same thing for me just um really uh makes me see myself as someone who is successful and can do everything I want to do, and I think those are the most important mentors.
0: That's great. Well, a mentor will will push you and and inspire you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to say that Tana is very young. I know that's a lot of a lot of mentors, but <laughs> but but then again, you were working since you were. Well, you were kind of born in the trunk, weren't you? <laughs> you, <laughs> was, you were a proverbial born in the trunk. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> I've yeah.
2: been doing theater since I was four, consistently. So well, you said a... you were a child
0: actor, right?
2: Oh, my yeah. gosh. Okay. It's been a long, long road so far.
0: Wow. Cool. Wow. Excellent, ladies. Well, give our audience all of your social media information, and don't forget, including information about Tomorrow in the Battle, and I'll, we should also go over the... Um, the dates and where they can find all the information and get tickets and all of that.
1: Great. So okay. our company is called Stripped Scripts, and that's at stripscripts.com is our website, uh, and we're on Facebook at Scripts. We also have a Tomorrow in the Battle page, and at Instagram and Twitter, we are at Scripts. We are doing this show as part of an Ars Nova fling, and it opens on October 11th, next Wednesday, and we run through October 28th. With nightly shows at 7 p.m. That's Monday through Saturday, and we have additional shows on Friday nights at 10 p.m. and Saturdays at 3 p.m.
0: And did you say those are the the late night shows are the ones that? Yes.
1: So for our um, Friday night 10 p.m. shows, you can use the code TITB15 on the website to get $15 tickets to those shows. Cool. And we also have another promo code to share with people if they want. Go it's for it. Pre battle. And that's $5 off all of our tickets to our preview shows, which are, which are all shows October 11th through October 14th.
0: Cool. Excellent. That's great. Now, do you want to give out your, your own social media information? Usually I just say if there's if there's any place someone can go to connect to everything else. But you could tell us what the everything else is. Uh,
1: for me, com connects to everything else for me. Otherwise, com as far as if you're looking for me as an actor, which... That- Please look for me as an actor. Of course. Now that takes you to to
0: Facebook and Twitter and Are you on Instagram? Uh,
1: Yes, I just started Instagram. I need more followers.
0: Oh wow, that's that's, (laughs) so. At
1: at strip scripts for Instagram. I don't have my a personal Instagram. Okay, cool. Too much to
0: manage. I'm sure if you type in strip scripts, on the search engine, it'll come up. Yes. Okay, groovy. Okay, Tanner.
2: Yeah, all my stuff is at my personal website, which apparently has three CVs on it, and I it really does. need to consolidate or like organize this better. <laughs> Come up with alternate identities. I don't know. No, um, I
0: love it. It's great. No,
2: but keep yeah, it. it's t a n a s i r o i s dot com.
0: All right, cool, and that connects to Facebook, Twitter. Are you on Instagram?
2: I am on Instagram. Okay, I told you it. hashtag. I'm like playing the game now. Minute. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> well, you just. I mean, I have. A lot of social media, but my niece makes fun of me. She's like 22 years old, and she just thinks I'm old because you know I finally figured out how to use the hashtags, and I'm not really on Instagram, and so.
1: You're a step ahead of me. I'm still on the learning curve. Oh, it's <laughs> we're getting it's, there. We're getting
0: there. It's just too much. I'm like, I'm gonna have to hire a social media secretary one of these days yeah. and figure <laughs> it out. So. Um, uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about as far as... Or, or social media information that you want to give out? Or have we covered all of it? I want to make sure.
1: I think we've covered yeah. all okay.
0: of it. Okay. Well, terrific. Well, thank you so much, thank ladies. You. Thank this you. This was so it was fun. fun. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. It was so <laughs> great. I mean, you 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 talked about so much that I w- <laughs> of which I was not aware. And, um, and brought out so many names of people that you've worked with that I feel... If they're not already in the forefront of theater, we'll definitely be in the forefront of theater right there with you. And I really, really, I'm I'm hoping and thinking that tomorrow in the battle is just going to be huge and you're going to go to the next level. And and Ars Nova is a nice, um, that's a nice group to work with. Not a
1: bad place to (laughs) to play. Not at all. Yeah,
0: sure. You'll take it, right?
1: Very
0: lucky. (laughs) Okay, ladies, um, thank you again for being with me. You're terrific. Thank you. My pleasure. At the end of each show, I like to give shout-outs to current productions worth a recommendation. On tonight's episode, I'd like to recommend a show playing here in New York that was a smash hit at last year's NYC Fringe Festival. It's called The Box Show. It was created, written, and performed by Dominique Salerno, and it's directed by, I'm hoping I get this right, Sash... Bischoff. So, there we go. Uh, the description is that is this. The box show is a wacky one-woman show in which a single actor performs over 25 characters from within the confines of a three-by-three-by-two-foot cupboard. Each time the doors fly open, we discover an entirely new reality with a brand new set of characters. These dynamic scenes include a drunken couple mid-fight in a Las Vegas hotel, the entire Greek army within the Trojan horse... Funny is that a lonely giantess, a lost pope, and so much more? With sketch-style characters and musical numbers, the box show is a fast-paced and adrenaline-filled roller coaster ride that plunges its audience into vastly different worlds without ever leaving the physical space of the box. Now, this show last year was an absolute runaway hit at NYC Fringe. Um, it got brilliant reviews and it won an overall excellence of solo performance award. Which just to to my own horn and my husband too we got one of those as well for at the flash so anyways back back to the box show um it was fringe on which is the top 10 shows are of fringe are asked of 200 shows are asked to come back and do encore performances and this was one of them um this was like such a huge hit there and i'm so glad she's bringing it back um i wasn't able to see it during fringe because we were doing at the flash at the time and i ran sound and for at the flash and fringe can be pretty consuming and schedules can parallel and um and i do have every intention of seeing it and i'm working on booking dominique for a podcast in the very near future i think we're going to do the show next week so that's great so um uh the the show premiered on october 2nd which was last week and and in its current production at the pit but it has a 10-day pause before it starts up again and has six more performances, and hopefully they'll extend it and, and, um, and you know, we can, people will have more of an opportunity. Uh, at this time, the last show is November 6th. Uh, you can visit www.theboxshow.org. That's theboxshow.org for tickets and information. Just go see it. It's, it's supposed to be fabulous, and she is a very, very nice lady. Well, folks, the proverbial eleven o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. I'd like to thank my guests, the powerhouse creative team of Stripped Scripts. Tomorrow in the Battle, Allison Threadgold and Tana Sirwa. So, Sirwa, so, right? Oh, excellent, great. I'm so glad. Yay, I got it right three times. You can find more episodes of Your Program is Your Ticket at facebook.com backslash Your Program is Your Ticket. I'm on Twitter at at Program Ticket. The website is, you guessed it, yourprogramisyourticket.com. I'm on iTunes, rate me, write me a review. I'm also on SoundCloud as well. So there you go. There's all of my stuff. Folks, take a little time to see the show a show this week and don't forget to give the smaller show some love. There's lots of theater gems out there. Until our next show, good night, theater people and curtain.